Today I want to talk about productivity hacks for athletes. Let's cue that intro. Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. I'm really excited to announce our show sponsors for today, Silka. For those of you who do not know, Silka offer best-in-the-game bike accessories like tools, pumps, and all your everyday bike maintenance kit like chain wax and sealant. But what sets them apart? It's their commitment to quality, beauty, and craftsmanship. Trust me, these products are beautiful. They are built to last. Take, for instance, my track pump. I've been replacing my track pump, honestly, about every two years with these generic track pumps I get at my local bike shop. My dad has had a Silka track pump since I can remember, and it's still going strong. If you want to spoil yourself, or maybe you just want to treat one of your cycling buddies, they've so many amazing products on their website. Their torque wrenches, their bike bags, 3D printed bike mounts. There's loads of really cool pieces there. They're like pieces of art. And for those of you interested in drivetrain efficiency, Silka offers the Secret Chain Blend. It's a chain wax that reduces chain friction, doesn't attract dirt and grime, and prolongs the life of your drivetrain components. As a Roadman listener, you can get 13% of all Silka products. Just use the code ROADMAN13 at checkout. That's ROADMAN13 at checkout. Not only is that going to get you a fantastic deal, but it also lets Silka know that sponsoring this podcast is valuable. So whether you're shopping for a gift or you're treating yourself, Silka has something for every cyclist who hates the new throwaway culture we're in and appreciates and loves the quality and craftsmanship. So check them out and don't forget to use the code ROADMAN13 for 13% off your purchase. All these links are in today's show notes. Roadman, welcome to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. I hope everybody had an amazing weekend. I got a little bit of bike riding in, got some running in, and I also got to check out some of the best athletes in the world because right here in Dublin, about a 20-minute drive from my house, we hosted a UCI World Cup race at the weekend. Amazing to watch some of the best athletes in the world. And the organization, by and large, pulled off a pretty amazing event. We were waiting for a bus home for longer than the actual event was, but that gripe is for another day. I had a message from a listener over on Instagram last night. He was looking to maximize his training hours on and off the bike. He has a big, long commute. He works in the Formula One industry, a big, long commute, and it's leaving him quite time crunched. And... This got me thinking, you know, listen to the podcast, I'm a book nerd. So I thought, why not blend the world of cycling and sport with the principles from the best productivity books out there? And that's exactly what I'm going to attempt to do today. These strategies, they're timeless. They've worked for years and in some cases decades for some really busy executives and CEOs of multinational companies. So I thought, you know what? Maybe us as athletes can learn a thing or two. And this isn't just applicable for cycling. If you're a triathlete, if you're a runner, hopefully you'll get something out of this too. Over the next coming month, I definitely want to chat with more triathletes because I think they are masters at time management. And I really want to learn a little bit more about that world. So watch this space for some pretty big up and coming triathlon episodes. Okay, let's dive into how you can apply these time-tested productivity principles to your training regime. I want to start off with a principle from Stephen Covey's classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you haven't read any of these books, by the way, I highly recommend all of them. Covey talks an awful lot in his book about begin with the end in mind. 
In the context of cycling training, this means setting clear, achievable goals, not for the year, but for each training block. So right now, pause, reflect, where are you with your training now? Because if you're looking to be just on all the time, you're setting yourself up for failure. Periodization is a beautiful thing and it allows us to have periods of the year where we have shorter hours and other periods of the year where we go longer. I'm a huge, huge fan of reverse periodization for anyone living in my part of the world. The evenings are shorter, so we've less available training time. And instead of fighting this fact, just accept it and use reverse periodization to turn this time restriction into a benefit. I've recorded full podcasts on how to restructure a reverse periodized system, but essentially we're looking to set up the winter in four one-month blocks. In month one, we have a sprint block. So we start out and we go week one, week two, week three. We build each week on the volume of the previous week and intensity of the previous week. And the fourth week, we have a decompression week and we test our sprint power. The same goes in month two, the same type of structure, but this month we focus on VO2. The third month, same structure where we test at the start of the month, we test at the end of the month, but we focus on threshold. And in the fourth month, we focus on endurance. What you'll notice here is as the evenings are getting longer, the sessions are dropping in intensity, working from sprint intensity, first through the VO2 max, then threshold, then endurance, but we're able to increase the duration because the light is getting a little bit better. The science on this type of training, reverse periodization, it's absolutely amazing. Look it up in some YouTube videos. Go back and check out the full podcast I put up. But if you're looking to just take all the lifting out of this and you're looking for somebody to structure your training for you, pop Sarah an email and I'll see if there's any places left on our coaching program. That's just Sarah at roadmancycling.com and she can get you hooked up for over the winter period. Next, I want to turn our attention to Dave Allen's brilliant book, Getting Things Done. Alan emphasizes the importance of reliable organizational systems to manage your commitments. For training, this means a weekly schedule, but I'd recommend actually doing this in two parts. Having a training peaks or a today's plan account with the exact sessions planned that you'll do each day, but also a separate Google Calendar where you schedule the specific time that you're going to do these sessions. So the first part to today's plan are training peaks. That's where in month one, you're going to have your sprint sessions. You're going to schedule in your two key sessions per week into your, tra into your training peaks or your today's plan. And you're going to have your other endurance or recovery sessions built in around that. So you know specifically exactly what you need to do each day. Now you take that session and say on a Monday, you have a 60 minute recovery ride and you go to your Google calendar, you look at your family commitments, you look at your work commitments and you schedule a slot, a definite slot for that training session. And you rinse and repeat this across the week. Now these meetings that you're scheduling for yourself, you can't break these. These are meetings that are going in the diary. They're the most important meeting of the day. They're like you're meeting your boss. But the brilliant thing is that each time you keep one of these commitments to yourself, you're more likely to do it the next time and momentum builds. Each session is changing how you see yourself. It's building your new identity. It's casting a vote for the type of person you want to be. So make sure you schedule these sessions in two parts. First into your today's plan, then into your Google Calendar. Another brilliant book, and all I'm really doing here is filling out your Christmas wish list because all of these are essential must-reads if you're looking to balance that kind of busy life. There's such cool nuggets in each of these, and I'm hopefully I'm distilling some of the best ones, but still go and read them. Deep Work by Cal Newport. He discusses the value of deep, focused work sessions as opposed to shallow, fragmented ones. 
This concept is one I use all the time working on the podcast. I really try go deep with the interview, trying to ask questions that the guest has never been asked before, trying to pick interesting facts, trying to come at conversations from unique angles. We've all heard some of these interviews with some of the guests I've had 10, 15, 20 different times. And the way I'm going to bridge that gap between myself and the biggest podcasts in the world, it's with this deep work. It's with actually getting into the backstory and having engaging conversations that are unique and haven't been heard before. That's how I apply deep work into the podcast. And while this is primarily, by Carl Newport's definition, applied to cognitive tasks, I found that it is incredibly relevant to your training as an athlete too. When you're training, whether it's a full gas Tabata session or it's a more relaxed recovery ride, it's crucial to be fully present. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it means creating an environment where you can concentrate solely on your training because I'm seeing too many people that are jumping on the what bike for their my whoosh session, but they're actually also using that time to respond to emails or flicking through social notifications. I would urge you to consider turning off your phone or setting it to a do not disturb mode. Those constant pings for social media notifications and messages and emails, that can wait. This uninterrupted time is going to allow you to connect more deeply with your body's response to that training stimulus. You'll be more in tune to your breathing, your form, and even the rhythm of your pedaling. Furthermore, this focused approach can get you into a flow state. In flow, you're more engrossed in an activity. Everything else just seems to fade away. Time seems to stand still. And it's in these moments that we often perform our best, breezing past previous limitations effortlessly. Cal Newport in the book goes on to talk about the importance of creating an environment conducive to focus work. We've been working really hard on building out the perfect podcast studio and we added a new camera this week, which I'm super, super giddy about. But the environment in which you train can significantly impact the quality and effectiveness of your workouts too. If you create a supportive space for training, this means more than having just the right equipment. It's about setting up an environment that minimally distracts and maximally motivates you. If you're using an indoor trainer, consider where the space is set up. Have you got it set up in a shed or a garage that's clustered with paint cans everywhere or a busy area of your home where you're likely to be distracted? Or is it in a quiet, dedicated space where you can train without interruptions? Because a well-taught-out space helps you mentally transition into training mode. Also, I would think about the ambience. I'm not saying you've got to go full feng shui on this, but good lighting, perhaps sprinkle up a few motivational posters, pictures, or medals or numbers from previous races, and make sure you get that temperature nailed. Also, if music helps you and you listen to it during your sessions, have the stereo system ready to go. Have the playlist ready to go. I'm a straight up gangster rap man. I think when the neighbours walk past my window, they're pretty sure that I'm psyching myself up for a drive-by shooting and not an indoor cycling session. So maybe I'll need to consider tapering that down a little bit. I flew back from Girona last week and my bike is in the box still, my road bike. I probably won't ride the road bike much here because it's my race bike and I'm using more of my winter gravel bike at the moment. But my shoes were inside it, my helmet was inside it, my heart rate strap was inside it when I went to do the Saturday group ride at the weekend. And this is just layer upon layer upon layer of friction. So I've three words for you here. Admin, admin, admin. I spoke with Fred Wright about this, about the idea of admin. 
admin means investing in preparatory time to reduce friction for when it is time to train. This means keeping your bike and your equipment in good condition, staying on top of your maintenance so you spend less time worrying about mechanicals and having mechanicals and more time training. It means having your cycling gear organized, your kit washed, arm warmers, leg warmers, shoe covers, gloves, easily accessible. The less time you spend searching for your shoes, your helmet, or your other gear, the more time you're going to have for actually training and the less friction you have to get out the door. I'd also consider when we talk about this environment, I would also broadly interpret this to mean your mental environment that you create for yourself. This is the mindset that you cultivate. Surrounding yourself with positive influences matters so, so much. Now, this could be true inspirational books or podcasts or that friend circle you keep who is sucking energy from you and who's giving you energy because your mental environment is just as crucial as your physical environment to wrap this up folks remember that maximizing your training hours it isn't just about time spent on the bike it's about setting clear goals organizing your training focusing deeply during each session and creating a supportive environment I hope you can take something from these lessons from some of the top productivity books in the world and apply them into your training to make a little bit of a difference. I feel like if you do apply these, you'd be amazed at the difference that does make. Thank you for tuning in today. If you've gotten any value from this podcast or podcasts that I've put out in the past, I would ask you one small favor. If you could please consider leaving a review on the podcast. I read every single one of them and it helps the podcast grow and attract bigger guests more than you know. Thanks, Roadman. I'm going to talk to you again tomorrow.